0: you are listening to Press Church Podcast, please enjoy this week's message. Upside Down. Upside Down is the series that we're going to start and talk about for probably the next seven to eight weeks, and it's based off of this scripture in Acts chapter 17, verses six through seven is where we'll go. We're we going to visit some earlier scriptures, but this is a scripture God talks to me in the shower. And while I was in there about a month ago, he brought this scripture to my mind. So if God doesn't talk to you, I can rent out my shower to you. Uh, He talks to me a lot in there uh, for a couple bucks, uh, an hour. You can come and hear God talk to you in my shower as well. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brethren to the rulers of the city crying out. And here's where we're Basing our series off of, of. (laughs) these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Verse 7, Jason has harbored them and these are all acting contrary to the decree of Caesar saying there is another king, Jesus. Let's go back to verse 6. The people out in the world grab these men who are Christians and drag them to the middle of the city. And we'll highlight some of this story later on in the sermon. But the people in the world made this statement about these Christians, these who have turned the world upside down. So there is teaching, there is theology, the study of God, there are understandings that are in these scriptures that God has told us that are contrary to what is taught and believed on the outside. And so over the next couple of weeks, we are going to talk about some teachings that contradict what the outside world is saying, what their truth is, and what Jesus' real truth is. And hopefully by the end of this, we will help you, in your life, somehow, some way, turn your thinking upside down to the right, correct, correct teaching that Jesus intended for us. The title of the sermon for today is I am a world changer. I will change my world. Let's say that together. I am a world changer. I will change my world. All right, I know it's early. Let's say it one more time with a little more faith, a little more gumption. I am a world changer. I will change my world. world. This is something that we can say throughout the week. Something because there's there's things going on in our world. You can turn on the news and you can see the craziness. I see a, a meme on social media where there's a picture of this black lady kind of bent over and she's squinting, she's got her glasses down. And on top of the the meme, it says, let's see what chapter of Revelation we're in this month. And every month this year, it seems like there's just something else that's happening in this world. And I want to be a world changer. I want to change my world right now. That where I am right now is where I don't want to be. Although it's good, although it's been great... I want to see better things as I move forward. And we hear about world changers all throughout school. We hear about men and women who have changed the world, whether by doing some type of invention, inventing light. We appreciate that guy. The person who invented air condition, we definitely appreciate that guy. People Who have fought for us. People who have stood up for things. Yesterday was the celebration. The day that changed World War II. of When we had D-Day happen. Where all of these forces throughout the world came together to fight against evil. They stormed the beaches of Normandy, France. Thousands and thousands and thousands of young men. Got on a boat. Rode. Not road, but I guess with a motor. We thank God for the person who invented the motor. Motored on over to these beaches as there were explosions, as there were mines, as there were all of these things on the beach, as there were... Oh, my God. It's all right. It was me talking. (laughs) As there were machine gun fire and that boat fell... And that first row of men instantly got wiped out. That second row of men instantly got wiped out as they jumped over into the water. Some didn't even make it out. As soon as they hit the water with the hundreds of pounds on them, they sank to the bottom. As these men and women who fought for our freedom. And a lot of these men and women, we don't even know their names. But they were world changers. We know the generals who fought for World War II. We know the big names. Some of these men, some of these women who died at the bottom of that ocean don't know who they are, don't know their name. There are men and women throughout that are world changers. But there are also men and women who have decided that they were going to change their own world. That my mom and dad, as far as we know, were... Possibly the first people to ever be saved in our families from both sides of the tree. And that they raised us up in a Christian household. Because they raised us up in a Christian household, it put me on a journey to where I am now. To where now, right before Easter, me and my wife, Maddie, got to pray with our son to receive Jesus at the young age of five. To know that now he's growing up in a Christian household. That now my son and daughters, we teach them. We decided, you know what, I might not be a world changer to where my name will be on a plaque. Or there will be statues of me, of him inventing these great things. The greatest preacher ever out there. He preached the greatest sermon series called Upside Down. But that I decided to change my world. And because of what my parents did. They're not going to be in a history textbook, but they changed their world, which changed my world, which is changing my family's world. That you have an opportunity right now to change your world. Throughout this series of hearing different things, of becoming a world changer, the simple statement of, I am a world changer. Everywhere I go, I change my world, as opposed to, I am a failure. I am a nobody. I grew up on the wrong side of the streets. I am a loser. I am an idiot. Instead of saying those things, what if we started with, I am a world changer. I am going to change my world. I'm not going to be like I was yesterday. I'm not going to deal with the same thing that I've dealt with all these years. I want to show you in the scriptures that God himself is a world changer. Because God would never make you do something that he hasn't already done himself. If God's a world changer and shows it throughout the scriptures over and over and over again that he's a world changer, then that means he's put the ability inside of you to also be a world changer. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. The earth was without form and void and dark. And God said, you know what? At The very beginning, I'm going to show that I'm a world changer. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw the light, and it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness, and then verse 5, will finish with that. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning was the first day. We see at the very beginning of the book, at the very beginning of time, God creates the heavens and the earth, and somehow, way, this earth is without form, without void. It's dark. And God says, that's not the way this world is going to end up. I'm going to completely change this world. And he stood on the edge of eternity and said, Light be, and light was. And from that moment on, the world changed. Light, day, darkness, night. Six more days and we have what we have today. God starts it out by showing and proving that he is a world changer. God changed the world by creating it. God changed the world by creating a new people group through Abraham. God changed the world in the Old Testament by creating a covenant with mankind. The first time ever that God spoke with man and then cut covenant, then made a promise with him, with Noah, and then with Abraham... God changed the world by creating a plan to save that world. God's continually being a world changer. He creates the world. He puts Adam and Eve in there. Adam and Eve mess it up. The world gets messed up again with sin and evil and corruption taking over. We go from stealing a piece of fruit to the next sin that we see recorded in history as murder. God said, wow, that escalated very quickly. Stealing fruit to murder, God says there has to be another way. And He already had a plan. The lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth. Let's talk about Jesus being a world changer. God sends Jesus to the earth to save the world. In John chapter 3, we're going to skip down from verse 16 that we all know and love. In verse 17, for God did not send His Son... Into the world to condemn it. The current theme in the world, and it still applies today, is condemnation. We want to condemn somebody for something. We've talked about this before. That it said in the scripture when, when Adam, I'm sorry, when uh, Cain killed Abel, and God asked Cain, "Where's your brother?" And he says, am I my brother's keeper? And God makes a statement. He says, your brother's blood is crying out to me. We see in Hebrews it talks about Jesus' blood speaking better than able. That throughout history, mankind has this innate sinful ability inside of them to condemn And to draw blood. That somewhere, somehow, because of the pain and the condemnation upon me, I've got to put that on somebody else. I've got to make somebody else bleed for what I'm feeling inside. And Jesus came and shed his blood for all mankind. He says, no more blood has to be shed. Because his ultimate atonement of spilling his own blood... Covered all mankind. He did not come into the world to condemn the world. But that the world through him might be saved. We see Jesus now showing up on the scene becoming a world changer. That the world currently in Jesus' state when he shows up was all about condemnation. And Jesus shows up and says, no I'm changing that to now bringing salvation to cover the condemnation. Look at John chapter 18, verses 36 through 37. Jesus is standing before Pontius Pilate. Standing before him. He's beaten. His beard is pulled out. He's been up for who knows how many hours. Everyone has deserted him. Everyone has left him. The crowd is cheering, crucify him, crucify him. And Pontius Pilate is there fighting and arguing, trying to save Jesus because he cannot see anything wrong with this man and he has this little side conversation with him. And Jesus answers him saying, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. We see in the Lord's Prayer where He says, Let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is constantly saying, I'm trying to bring my world in heaven down to earth and change the world. Look at the next verse. And Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? And Jesus said, you say rightly that I'm a king. You asked it, you said it. For this cause I was born. For this cause, I was born. For those who think Jesus was constantly trying to run away from the cross, for this cause, I was born to stand right here and to bring my world down to this world and to die on this world so that you could come up to my world. For this cause, I was born. And for this cause, I have come into this world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of truth hears my voice. Jesus is a world changer. Jesus shows up and changes the world by challenging the status quo of religion. Boy, these religious leaders got mad, didn't they? Everywhere they went, they were looking for a way to attack him, to cause him to slip up. Jesus changed the world by preaching with authority that no one had ever heard before. Even at the young age of 12, 13 years old, and he was talking about the scriptures, talking about these things in the temple, and these old men who had been studying the prophets, who had been studying what Moses and Abraham had written and talked about. And this 13-year-old boy shows up and starts expounding upon it, and they said, what authority, what knowledge are you speaking of that we've never heard Jesus changed the world by performing miracles, signs, and wonders that no one had ever seen. He's raising the dead. The demons obey and listen to Him as they are cast out. He's causing limbs to grow from people who had never had those limbs before. For people who had seen, who were blind, their entire life now were able to see. Jesus changed the world By starting and building a brand new church. He's starting to change the world by willfully giving up his life to save yours. God's a world changer. Jesus is a world changer. Let's talk about the third party. The Holy Spirit's a world changer. Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit coming to the earth. It's better that I leave so that he can come. The helper can come and take care of you. John chapter 16, verses 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. And when he has come, he will convict the world of righteousness. And when he has come, he will convict the world of judgment. He'll convict the world of sin because they do not believe in me. He'll convict the world of righteousness because I go to the Father and you see me no more. In verse 11, convicts the world of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Jesus hasn't even gone to the cross yet and he's already telling his disciples that Satan has been defeated. He's already reversed what Adam and Eve did in the garden. That the Holy Spirit is bringing judgment, not the judgment that we think of. The judgment that is being brought is against the vile devil who tricked mankind. I'll amen myself for that one. That gets me excited. We hear so much about God and judgment, pouring judgment upon his people. God's coming to bring judgment upon the person the vile creature that tricked humanity and made an open show of them. It's not the devil and God sitting in the cosmos playing chess. And God puts out one of his pieces. And then the devil says, Ha-ha, COVID, checkmate. And then he says, Well, I don't know what to do with that. Jesus, come help me, tell me what move. Okay, let's move this here. Ha-ha, murder hornets, gotcha. No, 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 This this isn't some big game that God and the devil, putting them on the same plane, the same throne. It's not like that. It says back in Colossians that Jesus made an open show as he destroyed the principalities and powers of the earth. That Satan has been defeated, already defeated. God is not worried about what Satan is doing. Because he knows he's already beat him. He's already done checkmate, knocked the board over, blown the board up. And if his people would understand the power that they had, we could be a world changer and we could change our own worlds. The Holy Spirit changed the world by coming to earth And not being like Jesus, just walking among us, the Holy Spirit comes and now lives inside of us. He gives us His power to perform those same miracle signs and wonders that Jesus did. And the Scripture says that we'll do even more things than what Jesus did. But at the end of John, it says that there wouldn't even be enough books to write about all the miracle signs and wonders that Jesus did. But Jesus Himself said That you are going to do more things than me. Where are we in the church today? When's the last time you heard about somebody raising the dead? When's the last time we heard about someone casting out a demon? When's the last time we heard about laying our hands on someone and seeing them recover? When's the last time that we heard? Because John said there are so many things that Jesus did that we can't even write about it in the book. But Jesus says... Everything that I've done, you're going to do even more. The power that we have, the ability that we have with the Holy Spirit inside of us. Jesus commands his disciples to be world changers. So we see that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, all three in one are world changers. They make it very obvious throughout the scriptures that they are in it to change the world and to change your world. So then Jesus passes that on to his disciples. We see this in the Great Commission. And he said to them, "Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature." Now when the disciple heard this, what they heard was, "Just go to the Jews." It's not until Acts chapter 10 that the revelation is out there that all Gentiles have the ability to accept what Jesus has. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. So everywhere you go in life, you should be able to look back and not see your past sin, your past failures. What you should see following you is the ability to cast out demons. The ability to speak with new tongues. Verse 18. Take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, will no means hurt them. Lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. It's an upside-down thinking. Somehow, some way, we've been taught to believe, either from the pulpit, subconsciously or whatever, that if somebody's in ministry, it's their job to do all this. Or they're the only ones blessed to have all those things. You're talking with somebody at work and they say, "Well, I'm going through something, this is happening." This is... "Well, if you come to my church and talk with my pastor, he can help you." And believe me, we're all willing to help, but there's also something that follows the believer. You're a believer. The same power that rose Christ from the dead doesn't just dwell in the fivefold ministry. It dwells in each and every one of us. That there's a power that we have access to that could be changing the world and changing our world that we seem to have forgotten about. And if you've ever listened to or read or seen any of the movies of Superman... That he has to pretend to be Clark Kent. That he has to pretend, if he's in high school and he wants to play football, that he has to hold his powers back so he doesn't show off. Somehow the church in America has become Clark Kent when this whole time we've been called to be Superman. That there's this power that's on us, but we've decided to hide. We've decided to hold back. We've decided to be insecure. We've decided that it's not for today. We've decided that it's not for us. It's only for the pastor. He needs to do it. Or she needs to do it. Somebody else can do it. When we're all Superman, we all have the power of the Holy Spirit. The power that Jesus had inside of him to go out and change our world. And in the Apostle Paul who's the apostle to the Gentiles, to you and me, and to the apostles into the Gentile church. He also was a world changer, and we'll revisit this scripture that we read as our foundation scripture for this sermon series. Acts chapter 17, we're going to go back to verse 2. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them. Paul, as his custom, is when he would come into a town, the first thing he would do would go to church, would go to the synagogue, and he would reason with the Jews about Christ, about who Jesus was. He was the Messiah. And once the Jews got mad and kicked him out, then he would go to the Gentiles. So if we see that our apostle, the apostle to the Gentile church, made it a custom to go to church all the time, we should probably make that a custom as well. Now that doesn't apply to you because you're here today. You came to church just like Paul. That he made it a custom, that he decided no matter where he went, no matter what town he walked into, that he was going to make it a priority to be in church. My parents didn't really go to church as they grew up. My mom's family was Catholic. I think my dad's family was Catholic as well, but... They were the Easter, Christmas Catholics. Mom went to church fairly regular, regularly. But then mom and dad got saved and they started going to church. And from a very young age, I, don't, I say it jokingly, I, I don't think I was born in a hospital. I think I was born in church. Because it's all I ever knew, that every Sunday, every Wednesday... Every revival, every time the doors were open, whether we were cleaning it, whether we were attending it, whether we were doing whatever, we were homeschooled as well. So when there would be like week-long revivals and there would be like prayer services in the morning, I can remember very vividly being under the pew with my school books, coloring or doing math or whatever, as people are praising God and running around and laughing and preaching and doing all this, making all this noise, I'm under the pew doing math, coloring pages. And whether my son and my daughter like it or not, we made the decision a long time ago that me and my family are going to be in church. That where there's freedom, where there's healing, where there's the opportunity for Jesus to show up, that we were going to be there. As it was his custom, he went into them. For three seconds, reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that Christ had to suffer and rise again From the dead. Look at this. What he's reasoning with them is purely the gospel. That's the only thing that he's preaching to them. All right, God bless. And the gospel message is what turned the world upside down. He preaches that Christ had to suffer, had to die, and then rise again from the dead. This whom, this Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded, some of them. And a great multitude of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women. A lot of women, a lot of Greeks, a few of the Jews, joined Paul and Silas. Verse 5, oh, but the religious people. Here they are, raising their ugly head again. But the Jews, who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace, and gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out of the people." And we go into verse 6 where we started this whole thing. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. What was the message that turned the world upside down in that city? That Christ died for your sins according to the scriptures. He was buried in a tomb, and he rose again the third day. And that simple truth turned the world upside down, freaked the world out. And then verse 7, Jesus has harbored them. I mean, Jason has harbored them, and these are all acting contrary to the decree of Caesar, saying there is another king, Jesus. So as we see, as we finish up right now, of I am a world changer, I will change my world. We see that God himself, God the Father, is a world changer. We see that Jesus is The Son of God is a world changer. We see the Holy Spirit of God is a world changer. We see that Jesus passed on to His disciples to be world changers. We see that also the Apostle to the Gentiles encourages His people and the Gentile church to be world changers. So with all those in effect, we now know that we are called to be world changers. And this sermon series is being taught to you, and for you, for you to become a world changer. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and I'm finishing with this scripture. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. As we go on this journey for the next couple of weeks, I'm going to tell you right now that it's time to transform your mind. That the things that we're going to talk about are going to be contrary to what is being taught in this world. And these are teachings from Jesus to us to use to transform and change our world. Over the next few weeks, we're going to look at ideas and teachings from Jesus that are contrary to the world's ideas. You are going to be challenged to become world changers, to change your world with accepting and using these teachings in your life. We will have to renew our mind by believing and accepting and using these upside-down teachings. And what we're going to finish on and what we're going to say for the rest of the series is this faith statement right here. All of the I am, servant, giver, lover, child, believer, receiver, are all the things that we're going to talk about over the next six weeks. The first week, as we go into next week, is I am a servant. That Jesus tells us if we want to be the greatest of all, then we have to be the servant of all. But that's completely contrary to what the world tells us. The world tells us if you want to be the greatest, then you have to step on everybody. If you want to climb that ladder of success, you've got to kick everybody else off that ladder of success. You've got to burn the ladder once you get to the top so that no one else can get there where you are. That is what the world teaches us. Push everybody to the side so that you can get your money, you can get what you want, you can get the popularity, the power, whatever you need, but that is not what Jesus teaches us. The upside down teaching that we have to learn, that we have to transform in our mind is that we have to be the greatest of all by being the servant of all, and we're going to talk next week about being a servant. And so every week we're going to say this together, that I am a world changer, I will change my world I'm a servant, I'm a giver, I'm a lover, I'm a child, I'm a believer, I'm a receiver, I will change my world, and I am a world changer. So let's stand up, we'll say this together, I will pray, and we will dismiss. Let's read it together, one, two, three, I am a world changer, I will change my world, I am a servant, I am a giver, I am a lover. I am a child, I am a believer, I am a receiver, I will change my world, I am a world changer. Father, we thank you today for this new series that we will learn and we will be transformed by the renewing of our mind with these upside down teachings that you taught us, that we prepare our hearts, we prepare our minds, we prepare our spirits to receive from you Over the next six to eight weeks, Father, that we make a choice today, that we make these faith declarations, that when we come out of this sermon series, we come out of these teachings, we will be a world changer. We will see our world change because of these teachings that you have shown us. Father, thank you for your people today. I thank you that they are healed by the stripes of Jesus. Father, I thank you that the favor of God surrounds them like a shield. Father, I thank you that they have the mind of Christ. Father, I thank you that everything they put their hands to must prosper. Father, I thank you that they are the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Father, I thank you they are the city set on a hill that refuses to be hidden. They are the salt in light of the world. They are world changers. Father, protect your people, bless your people, and bring them back safely next Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. Next week, I am a servant. Can't wait to see y'all. God bless, family. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at PressChurchSC and have a great week.